How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You're listening to The Extra Point Show on WGR Sports Radio 550. Happy Friday, everyone. Zach Jones and Josh Schmidt hanging out with you here on the Extra Point Show. As you did hear, Sal Capaccio and Joe DiBiase for the past few hours, we thought, you know, let's 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 give them some time off. You know, let's let them get to their weekend. We'll hang out here for a few hours. I had nothing have to some do. Fun. You know, exactly. Yeah. I had nothing to do. I was up already. It's Friday. It's Friday. We're just going to hang out. We had the Senior Bowl this week. Nothing really going on there today. We do have the game tomorrow. Um, we've also got like all the skills competitions going on, the Pro Bowl games, the what, what do we got? Skills competition tonight for the NHL because that yes, the draft was last. They night. changed how it is now, and like Jeremy and Joe were saying this yesterday, of like you like it but you don't like it, and I'm, I feel the same way. Of like basically what they did was instead of every single All Star competing in at least one competition, it's now okay. We're gonna pick these select few guys, and they're gonna compete in all the competitions, and then the rest of them. They don't. No one really knows what the rest of the all stars that are there are going to do. If they're going to like sit on the bench, mm-hmm. if they're going to be up in like a box or something, or if they're going to be like involved in some other way. But Rasmus Dahlin, as of right now, is not involved in the skills competition, which I think is just why. Like that's literally him. Yeah, that like, kind of seems to be like, like what he does well. That should be where where he is like highlighted in this whole weekend. Like, I mean, last night Connor McDavid selects him with their third pick, I believe. Yeah. He picked. Uh, Connor Hellebuck and David Pasternak with his first two, and then he picked Darlene on the third one. And he even said he's like, yeah, like we picked him because he's just you know great. He's and then really cool. John Bucciagross on the draft was like, yeah, he's Allen Iverson on skates. That is a really nice comparison. <laughs> if any, like if, if you weird, grew up though. in the two thousands and anyone goes like, you're the oh, yeah. Allen Iverson of this, you're like, they think I'm really cool. They think I'm good at what I do. But at the same time, like. It scares me because of how Allen Iverson's career went. Like, yeah, that's a little like, scary. Like you're going to be really cool. You're not going to win anything, really, <laughs> right? But you're like, going to be a ton of fun. That's the part that scares me. But but regardless, I I think it's still going to be really good to see Darlene with Pasternak and Drysital and how McDavid. much of this do you watch? I used to watch it all the time. Like I love yeah, growing up and stuff. I yeah. loved the skills competition growing up. Like they would do different stuff every year, but it was all like hockey related. Like mm-hmm. like I liked kind of what they did last year, where it was I think it was last year, maybe the year before. It was the one in Florida where. You know, they're shooting hockey pucks at surfboards for, like, the accuracy competition and things like that. Like, that was kind of creative. Yeah, that was That was fun. I hated the, like, the Dude Perfect one oh, in, in yeah. St. Louis where they were, like, shooting pucks from in the stands into yep. the 
the thing on the ice. Mm-hmm. But I used to love like the I obviously like the skating, the fastest skater, the hardest shot, like all the like, you know, the normal stuff. But then like the the player shootouts where they could get really creative and like basically do whatever the hell they wanted. Yep. Like that was really cool. And then I liked the passing one too, where it was like they had these big long little nets like they were like super tiny but they mm-hmm. had like a long net in the back so like a bunch of pucks could collect and the player would stand right. like in one spot on the ice and they would just like sauce passes like down the ice and i'm like this is great like that is the coolest thing i've ever seen that guy just shot the puck 30 feet in the air but then it came back down and went in this tiny little net like that's awesome it's it's a nice friendly reminder that you're like oh yeah it's not just like they're lucky or anything like oh no they, they, can, they, do they, are, they, they are they are truly some of the basis. most skilled people especially at their yeah you know respective sport right ever. And, and and the game itself is still good ish mm-hmm. i put air quotes around was, good yeah, it's the way like, you said it was eh. it it, eh. it was it was much better like in the early 2000s like mid 2000s yeah. like like joe was talking about it the peak all-star game was 2007 for me too yeah that's when you had brian campbell danny briere ryan miller and then lindy ruff behind the bench like that that's was right. yeah. awesome and then you, you also on the same team you had Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, Zdeno Chara, like all well within their primes. Yeah, like that was probably one of the best All Star games in recent memory. Like obviously you have all the years with Gretzky and 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 Lemieux and and all mm-hmm. those guys, but that that one year, the 2007 year, that was like bam. That's like, where that, that was where it was at. If you it. had if the only player you're probably missing like from today's standards or from like the rest of that era is Patrick Kane. Yep, but. He might have even been there at that. I, I don't know. I'd have to look. I don't think he was though. Um, but just all star games now have kind of lost it for me a little bit. I'll probably watch a little bit tomorrow. I, I feel like though, like it loses it loses it for us because like we're older. Yeah, like at this it's point, it's definitely like geared towards kids. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And like I'm fine with that. Like I, that's why I've never really complained about them. The only one I've ever really complained about is the Pro Bowl for football. See, I don't like the, I don't like the NBA one. Oh, you don't like the, really see the NBA one is the one I love. But that's where it's like. It, you're literally just it's oh look he oh there's another dunk cool oh wow oh, that guy yeah. has a wide open three that's awesome I like, like the half court shots that they do those are fun. yeah those those uh, are okay a but lot that's... of it though for me is I don't care for the games of any of them and yeah and, and I include you know baseball in that because they decided home run derby though well that, but that's the thing <laughs> I, I like some of these skills competitions that they do football football will always be a tough one of like not really knowing like how they can do it or what they should do you know for a while the pro bowl they they try to make it seem like it was competitive baseball actively tried to make their all-star game competitive well, yeah because it used insane. to be the home field advantage stuff yeah, right that's insane that see but that's cool like, it's it's cool in premise until it's put forward and you're like this is a meaningless game yeah and many of these players won't even play in said World Series right. what are we doing here? yeah so it's like it's like that one team that's like yeah we're going to the World Series guys we gotta win this and then the rest of the team's like dude I don't care I just want to like, like my, have fun. my team's thirty games out of the playoffs yeah. like, like we're not making the playoffs bro like I'm worried about like keeping my job like yeah. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not here for this. But, like, I don't know. There's, there's always something I, I kind of like about these all-star competitions. I mean, I, I was somebody I was watching yesterday. Um, this is more to the NBA. Jalen Brunson getting voted in to be an all-star with Julius Randle as well in the Knicks. And I'm like, that's just cool. Like, I, I like this stuff, especially uh, knowing now as I've gotten older, a lot of these guys have it in their in their contracts, compensation, and, and, and you know bonuses if they do get all-star appearances or stuff like that. I always root for it, and that's where I have a problem with the Pro Bowl. For the NFL of just like a random player getting in just because like a like fan base Gardner decides. Minshew. Gardner Minshew. Well, that's an alternate. Thing. Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl like two years ago. <laughs> well, I mean, you could you okay with fan decisions. You could say the same thing about the NHL with John Scott. 
John Scott wasn't on an NHL team, and he was a captain of an all-star team. Oh, that is right. I forgot about that. That's when I was like, that's I really right. stepped back, and that's, I looked at it, and yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, that's it's when like I, fans, we I, need an intervention. I took a break from the all-star game a cu- for a couple years because of that. Our moms and dads need to, like, sit our family and friends down on a couch <laughs> and be like, all right, guys, we need to talk about this. This, this player's not currently but in the NHL. What with, are we doing? With the Pro Bowl specifically, though, like, I'm right there with you because it's like you get the most random people that you're like, it's because a lot of players say no. Well, yeah. Like, like Josh Allen being one of yeah. them. Like, there's a reason Gardner Minshew's a Pro Bowl quarterback. Allen's like, I'm going to play golf, guys. Like, I'm in the offseason right. now. Well, and it's if, if the Pro Bowl was more, if it was, I guess, more exclusive would be the word. Of, like, you actually have to, like, be. If it was the all-pro teams. Yeah, right. All-pro is so much different. And I feel like if it was just the all-pro teams, one, it'd be better. But two, you probably wouldn't have a game because half of them wouldn't show up. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And, like, and like, that's the thing. Like, the all-pro teams are very exclusive. Like, if mm-hmm. you get, like, four all-pros, second or first team, you're considered, like, one of the best players at your position in a generation, in, like, a right. 10-, 15-year run, where you could have, like, six Pro Bowls, and people are like, really? You yeah, did? Like, oh, well, yeah, but one of the pro- one of the six, I was actually selected. The other five, I was an alternate, or I was an alternate, alternate. Like I was solid enough to be the alternate guy. My team never went far enough in the playoffs. And right. I kind of, I, I was a merchant for Pro Bowls. <laughs> but right, and because yeah, it's like you never, yeah. you never get Super Bowl players. Like you're not going to have Patrick Mahomes there. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have any of the 49ers. Any of the 49ers. Brock Purdy is not. Don't even. He's, don't he, even. We're going to get there. We're going to get to Brock Purdy. Um, but but. You're not going to have any. And I always wondered, like, why not have the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl? But then it's like guys want to go into the offseason and just relax. And, you know, I mean, that's why you have the two weeks before the Super Bowl, Pro Bowl being, you know, right, one of the, the weekend before. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah, it, it is a lot of like these guys are just like, my body hurts so much. It's almost <laughs> inconceivable how much. And I would just like to relax for 15 minutes. What if, what if they did the Pro Bowl in like the preseason? Where it's like the guys from the year before oh, yeah, and are playing okay. in the Pro Bowl in like August, yeah. like to kick off the preseason rather than have the Hall of Fame game. Oh, well, actually, okay. no, I love the Hall of Fame game. Never mind. I don't know. They I make I just, that game the winner of. Oh, I, I know where you're going with the draft thing. Yeah. No, like I'm trying to say what the conference would then host the Super Bowl. Make oh, the, the Pro Bowl. Bowl, the Pro Bowl conference winner would host. Okay, I Make never this... want All Star games to mean anything Come other on. than fun. Come times. on, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. It's fun no? for five minutes. All right. All well, right. and, and the Super Bowl is different because it's always at a neutral site, so that's that's right. one thing. But then I never though want an All Star game to mean anything. Yeah, and and obviously this is true for all All Star games. It's hard to get your star players to like really try because if they get hurt. They're out for the year potentially, yeah, and that's not something you want. So then it's it's where I, I do think the NBA and the NHL have it right. It's it's a it's a week break in the middle of their season, and they go, and it's the expectation of just go hang out with fans. Yeah, you know, get on the ice, get on the court, do whatever, just go hang out with fans. You know, right. build your brand, build the NBA or the NHL's brand, enjoy yourself, have fun. It's it's a nice reward. Mm-hmm. Where the NFL for years like wanted them to actually play a football game and stuff like right. that. I remember. Yeah. I was watching um, the NFL Network used to do their top 10 lists, and they were doing, like, top 10 rookie seasons, and Adrian Peterson was one of them. And they talked about him going to the Pro Bowl and, like, running, like, 120% and, like, running into dudes. And, like, everyone's, like, freaking out. And, like, they played it as, like, a positive. Like, yeah, Adrian Peterson, he's only got one gear. And I'm like, cool, bench him. <laughs> right. Like, not in the Don't Pro Bowl, let brother. Him go. Not now. <laughs> like, no. Like, I would have benched him immediately. Like, dude, this is an all-star game where we're just kind of having fun in Hawaii. Get off the field. <laughs> so I have a I have a, su- a suggestion for you as a replacement to the Pro Bowl. Okay. So 
this week still happens. You know, all the st- you can you can still do the competitions and the dodgeball. I like ball. a lot of competitions. But watching give Jason, hard, give me the hardest throw or something like that. Watching like, Jason know. Kelsey do long snapping last night was hilarious. Good I thought times. he was going to hit like five five pointers in a row, and he just kept hitting the number five. He could never get it in the hole. Long snapping is hard. Now Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, blew it away on the accuracy competition, which is something you wouldn't expect because you know he's yeah. If, if we were placing bets, you would not look have, that you, great. You would not have said Jalen Hurts is going to win, right? But anyway. I want to replace the Pro Bowl with the ultimate draft lottery game. The last two teams, teams one and two in the draft, play for the first overall pick. So this year, as a fan, I would love that. This year, it would be because I'm all the Bears, and it would be it would be the Bears and the Patriots. Bears and Commanders. Commanders. Shouldn't it be the Panthers though? No, because the Panthers. I know that they traded their pick, but. Nope. Nah, you're nope. not involved. You in this. traded your pick. You you forfeited the right to play for the first overall pick. You are now out of it. <laughs> Whoever, whatever, whatever team controls it, whether it's by a trade or whatever. As a fan, I'd love that because I'm all about the the memes of tank bowls when oh, two I, bad teams I, play each other. I'm I would all love for it. it. But you just know for a fact that like certain players would be like, I will actively retire. Like I will, <laughs> I will not suit up for this. Yeah, because you are making fun of the whole thing. But no, I, I, but, I like but the if idea. you win, fun. you get the first overall pick. It's not like oh, the loser gets the pick because then everyone would just be okay, whatever. Like, like I'm oh, not, I'm not, I'm not trying. Up. Like the winner, like I don't that's know the incentive. How many players would actually care though? Especially you're the quarterback playing for the number one overall pick. You're like, cool, <laughs> I'm playing for someone to take my job most years. That is Let's true. Let's go. That is true. But you'd get an actual NFL game. Like, it would not be. I don't need one, though, to be perfectly honest. Like, by the time the Super Bowl rolls around, like, I feel bad. I'm not going to watch much of the spring league. I'm all footballed out. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's we, we get very little reprieve from the sport, especially with Thursday night, then Sunday night, then or Thursday into Sunday, into Sunday night, into Monday. It's it's very rapid, and by the end of the season, like I'm like, cool. I need about four months. I'll look at the I, I, the draft I love, but it's not actual football. Like, yeah, that's, that's more speculation, all that stuff. But that's what that's by what's end, fun about it because you don't have to like think. Well, you do have, no, you do have to think. In football season, you don't have to think really. Yeah, it's, it's just you're just, you're just letting just, it happen. You're just kind of reacting to it and like taking it all in and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the draft season, you're actually putting thought process into it. And not to say that you don't do that in the regular season, but for it's the most, it's different. It's it's a different it's a different mindset. But I just think that with just the way it all is, like you go game, 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 and then boom, all of a sudden you have a week of nothing. Like that's a hard cutoff. But then again, you get that hard cutoff with the Super Bowl as well. So yeah. it's, it's tricky to like kind of like almost wean yourself off of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where the Spring League is going to kind of maybe take that up a little bit and like, you know, like support fans through the off season, and hey, I, w- I wonder look, how it's going to go. I wonder how it's yeah. going to go. But it's because that league goes for what till like May or June, or I think so. Yeah, somewhere around there. So like then you're really it's like oh hey we're like one and a half two months away. Yeah, from all, like, if, if, if you truly camp. are a football fanatic, where like you just, you can watch it all the time, like mm-hmm. it'll get you right into effectively training camps. Right, you'll have like a month before. Okay, and it's are also to show up. What I think is going to be cool about that is. I wonder how many players can make the jump from that league to the NFL with the fact that they can showcase what they have. Because it's, it's happened a couple times. I always wonder though. Like you're, I, I just, I don't ever expect you'll really get a superstar. I, look, some, no, some, someone is going to get through the cracks and, and and be legitimately like very, very good. But you get a role player or two. Yeah, and and, and, and that's fine. And, that's you'll, and you'll get that one guy that's like on your practice squad that all of a sudden, boom, he comes out of nowhere. And hey, this guy was Duke Williams. What what are they called again? Is it? It's the XFL combined with. The, I think it's the UFL, United Football League. Okay. Yeah, so that's right. what that's So they kind of combined the two names because yeah. it was the USFL and the XFL. Yeah. 
So I don't know. I I just I'm. It'll be interesting. It'll yeah. be interesting. I'll check it out to start just because you know I, I'm interested. But after that, I it's gonna be really tough to keep me engaged, especially because mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many of these like spring leagues you've watched. You find out real quick <laughs> yeah. that like even bad quarterback play in the NFL is typically better than these, and it really allows the games to be watchable. Yeah, by having just even slightly solid quarterback play, and these spring leagues really have not had that. I remember I was a huge fan of the AAF. You oh, the one? first one, yeah, when we were in that college. Was like the, yeah. That was like the first one since the XFL, and yeah. like the original XFL. And I, think, I think it was Luis Perez for the Birmingham Iron. I was like a huge fan of him. <laughs> he, he was the only guy like worth anything for like three weeks, and just, I mean, he went off a cliff, and I'm like, I hate this. I don't even like, remember. This is terrible. I don't remember most of the teams. That was impressive that you remembered the Birmingham Iron. I think it was the Birmingham Iron. Gridiron, I think it was. Birmingham yeah. Gridiron. And then I think now. there was like the San Diego Armada. Yeah, and yep. there was like a blue and yellow team with a ship, and I was like, "That's a cool logo. I like that team." And I just kind of checked in on it every once in a while, and then I saw like a month and a half in, they were like, "Yeah, we don't have any money left." So this is which over. was like the least surprising thing. Yeah, ever. yeah, but it was it was fun because like again, it was like that thing where you it carried you a little bit through the off season, where you got like, "Okay, cool. Like we got that little bit of football left, and we're gonna get to you know the off season." Oh, totally right, Birmingham Iron. Let's wow, go. look at you. That was impressive. That's yeah. that's gonna be a trivia question in a bar someday in like ten years. And I will get it wrong and you're at gonna, that point. <laughs> you're gonna I will wrong. have forgotten and get it wrong. I'll, and I'll have a lot of confidence too. I'll be like, oh, I remember this, I remember this, and I totally missed it. You're All right, gonna, cool. The Birmingham ironing boards is what you're gonna say. No, I'll remember the gridirons. The gr- that's, oh, that's the, I, that's yeah, the one. That's, that's gonna what's be the gonna one. gonna stick out in your head. Yep. Uh, do have some news to pass along if you did miss it. Uh, the Buffalo Bills announced some coaching updates. Um, they did not have to wait long to have a linebackers coach or a defensive line coach. Al Holcomb is the new Bills linebackers coach, while Marcus West is the Bills defensive line coach. Of course, with that, um, you do have Coach Washington going over to Chicago, where he's going to be their defensive coordinator. And then, of course, Bobby Babich, he leaves his linebackers coach to be elevated to the Bills defensive coordinator I love position. It. I love that. I'm, I'm interested. I'm I'm excited at the idea, mm-hmm. but I mean, Iron Sacapaccio has brought up a, n- a number of times as well, and, and it's kind of been the main point of everything is, you know, is Babbage actually going to be calling plays? Yeah, and I, when do you think we'll see that? Like, when do you think we'll have the first? I think indicator? I think we'll know at the combine because mm. that will be a question for uh, McDermott and Bean. Oh, that's true. Yeah, when, when they're there, and if if they duck the question, I guess I'll be a little concerned. In the sense of like, all right, they re- either they really don't know, or the answer is likely it's McDermott. I would like to see Babbage because if it's not him, I do wonder why he took the job. How would you feel if it was a hybrid, where it I'm, was I'm fine with where it, it was you know, hey, he's going to call some of it, and McDermott's going to call some of it. They're going to work if it's together. It's a collaborative effort. Yeah, and then like, at, and then they, you know, like I don't know if they would say this outright, but if they have like some sort of a plan, like where it's like, okay, for the first few weeks or the first year Mm -hmm. like let's just say it's a minimum of a year he has to like do it like hybrid with mcdermott where they're like collaborating on the play calls like and and then there's like an evaluation and then next kind of like how mcdermott did it this year where right you know if if it was going poorly he was going to hand it over i I think the plan was always if it was going poorly eric washington would effectively become the defensive Mm -hmm. coordinator that never obviously happened. The Bills' defense was playing good for much of the year, really until injuries. But I think that would make I think it would make them. sense. Like if you're worried about a rookie a rookie defensive coordinator, you know, like you have a defensive head coach, you can use that to your advantage and say, "All right, you're going to work really yeah. closely with me, and then you're going to branch off on your own next year." I don't know if I'd love that, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would like it more than if McDermott did it by himself. I wonder if this year was more that. 
What's where that? Babbage was linebackers coach, but was really in tune, in tune at the hip of McDermott, mm-hmm. learning how to call plays for the defense, learning his own craft, so that this year they would elevate him. And it's, I think I think it it says a lot that Washington Eric Washington was gone fairly quickly to Chicago for a defensive coordinator position. Mm-hmm. Because that, to me, seems like he was never or didn't feel like he was ever really in the running to yeah. be Bill's defensive coordinator. And while Babbage was taking inter- or was being requested for interviews, I don't even necessarily know if he took many of them, but he was being requested for interviews, he was then elevated. Well, and- so I do wonder if the Bills' plan was always for Babbage to eventually take over. And just this year, you're going to you know be McDermott's shadow, learn what he's doing, all that stuff, and then eventually, boom, it's yours. And to that point, too, like – you saw when he was when there was talk of you know requested for interviews or taking interviews whatever it was, mm-hmm. I think it was like probably a day or less than a day later it was announced that he was defensive coordinator. Yeah, he, like he, he, it was, that was it, the Giants it, one was pretty quick. I think he ended yeah. up actually taking that one. It was two days after the Miami requested one. Okay. I don't even think he ended up actually taking that interview either because I think it was supposed to be later in the week. Well, yeah, but it's it's almost like like. The point of like, okay, what if he was working closely with McDermott this mm-hmm. year to move yep. to the defense, and then all of a sudden teams start requesting him, and the Bills are like, nope, yeah, never mind, never mind. <laughs> we got we got to get on that now. Yeah, so like, I, I it's great on the Bills' part, I think, because it's 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 an asset you don't want to lose. Like, yeah, he seems like a great young defensive mind, and to put him with McDermott, who has had his fair share of amazing defensive play calls mm-hmm. this season alone, I think it's going to be great. I'm just worried of. The just like can can he adapt in the moments he has to adapt because that's the one thing I've always wondered about McDermott is like his ability to change on the fly yeah. in in defensive ends of things not on offense but in in the defensive side of things I wonder like how well great in the regular he's able season to do that. It, really tough numbers in the playoffs right of course a lot of those were Leslie Frazier this year was McDermott you know just he was the sole figure Solely, for the defense yeah. but that is going to be an interesting topic especially with a lot of turnover coming on the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility. You know, as much as wide receivers kind of become the hot-button topic for the Bills in round one, it is absolutely a huge need for the Bills. So is defensive tackle. So is safety. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and those are going to be big positions as well late in round one. I mean, Tavondre Sweat out of Texas is somebody who I think really could be a huge game-changer for Buffalo just with how big he is, how good he has been for Texas. And then Cameron Kitchens, the safety out of Miami as well, both likely are going to be available at 28. They're not even going to have to trade up to get them, not even trade back. Like just, they'll likely be there. And it's just it's it's going to be interesting. And I do wonder if they try to set up Babbage better as defensive coordinator mm-hmm. and knowing how good the wide receiver class is, they go to it later being, you know, kind of under the assumptions that, well, it's a very deep class. We'll be fine. We'll handle that. Later, we'll do, you know, the top end defensive players now because it is needs. I don't, you know, I don't want to act like it's only wide receiver. It's not. I mean, they're going to have like three defensive tackles on the roster. Like now. Right. I think it's like Oliver and that's it, really? Yeah. Well, could you could you see them? And the safety, I mean, you know. Could you see him potentially moving up in the second round? Absolutely. Like, could you see him trying to trade that pick they already have and package it with something? I, draft, Absolutely. Draft picks in football They're They're, they're going to have likely <laughs> 10 draft picks this right. year. Yeah. I could – The value M- of them McDermott, McDermott loves to trade up. Yeah. I could absolutely see if a guy like a Jalen Polk is still available or if they really fall in, some, in love with somebody like a Lad McConkney or Roman Wilson moving up in the second round. 
to get a guy that they like. Well, yeah, because I wonder if you could somehow move up in the second round, draft uh, draft defense in the first round. I can't believe I just said that. I hate that. But I want them to go offense first round, defense second round. What What are the like the two avenues here of move up in the first round or move up in the second round to take offense and move up in the second round to take defense. Like which would be mm-hmm. more likely, do you think? Like out of those defensive guys you were bringing up, yeah. are, what's the likelihood of them dropping to the second round like early on, like the early 40s, late 30s? I think fairly high. Yeah. I think, I think fairly high just because safety in round one is always kind of a, a, a question mark of, in terms of value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then defensive tackle, kind of the same thing. Right. You know, it's, it's always kind of a question mark. We can talk more about this, though. We do have a take quick time out. If you want to join our conversation, talking a little bit of the NFL draft here, Senior Bowl week is all but wrapped up. The game is tomorrow. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, you can hang out with us. 803-0550 is the number. And coming up later today at 1130 in just about an hour, we'll be joined by new UB football head coach Pete Lembo. He will join the show at 11.30. That's coming up in just about an hour. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you here on the Extra Point Show. And this is WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster temper pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special finance only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. You know, it's always interesting to see who stands out amongst this group and, and who's truly putting in the effort because I think there are always a dozen or two players that you that kind of stand out. And of that group, there has to be at least four or five where you say they absolutely helped themselves, right? They came into this week maybe as a day three pick, and now we're talking about them as a top 100 choice or something. So when they get on the field, go head-to-head against some of the top competition, it, it can't help it but improve your stock. Eric Edholm on the station earlier this week. You can find him over at NFL.com. And we are very much in the nitty-gritty here in draft season. I put up my first draft profile up at our website, WGR550.com, that was posted late last night. And I, I want to jump into a lot of the receivers. I, I do. As much as I was talking there at the end of the segment of just kind of thinking that defense may be where the bills go just due to value I still I look at guys like Brian Thomas Jr. who mm-hmm. that was my first profile of the year. 
of just like they can make immediate impacts, which it seems like the Bills have always leaned that way when they when they do draft players. They do want that instant impact. They don't want a guy that they're just going to kind of shelf for a little bit. He'll help out a little bit here and there, and then really pop off year two. They they want immediate impacts right away, which is you know why they've drafted cornerbacks, why they've drafted defensive tackles, edge rushers, and such. Thomas Jr. I feel like is a guy that can come right in and just be he's he's going to be the fastest player on the Bills offense. He can fill that number two role beautifully. He's tall, incredibly fast, a long range in terms of his catching his catching radius. And I just I still I am just I'm at a point I don't know if the Bills will do it. I just don't. As much as I like I get excited at the McDermott and Bean comments during their exit press conferences, them talking about. You know, they, they know they lacked explosive plays. McDermott actively defends himself and even kind of, like, gets descriptive going, like, hey, I cut my teeth with Andy Reid, all right? <laughs> like, I'm here to pass first, and that's how I want to win. And to me, I take that seriously that he did go in to describe it. He didn't just say, yeah, I like passing. Or, you know, or kind of brush it off and go, you know, I you know we, we play complimentary football. We, we, we play to win the game, you know, nothing like that. He got descriptive. He, mm. he, he really wanted you to know, no, no, I think passing first wins. And so, for me, it... If they go defense in round one, mm-hmm. if it's a defensive tackle or safety, I will understand the pick and I'll be fine with it. I honestly, what I'll if it's a cornerback? Okay. That's where I'll be mad. I, okay. Honestly, it, there will be certain positions because they do I will be need mad. cornerbacks. Not really, but well, not you don't, totally. You don't, no, but you, okay, you don't need it in the first round, but you don't know what you're getting with Trey White coming off. Yes, under, absolutely, which, absolutely, which, which sucks. I I hate that. You have Rasul Douglas, perfect. That's great, at least for another year. Yep, you have. Benford. Kind of, oh, you have Benford. That's true. I forget about Benford. You have kind of Kyrie Elam, but you don't we don't really know, really know what we you don't have. We really know there. how the Bills feel but about him other than like he doesn't play. I also think part of it this year at least was that injury that kind of popped up. Yeah, he went on IR like, for a little bit. Yep. Nobody really talked about it, and then all of a sudden, hey, he's got a foot injury. It's like, oh, well, that maybe is reason to believe why everything yep. was the way it was. But you know, I'm sitting here saying, like, I don't I guess it's okay if they draft offense or defense first, if they draft offense like immediately in the second round. How many of these draft profiles, if you if you know yet, how many of them are wide receivers that you're doing? <laughs> oh, I kind of want to put up like eight or nine. Yeah, and, and and it's not it's not necessarily all first round guys. It is guys that I could see the Bills taking in round two, in round mm-hmm. three. My fear, though, Josh comes in is, I'll I'll you know, it's not even like just me, but like we'll get all into this wide receiver craze. You know, looking at how loaded this class is, I mean, it is truly one of the deepest talent-wise classes at a certain position we've we've really seen in, in quite some time. And they draft a defensive tackle in round one. That's fine. It's a needed position. Trevondre Sweat, fantastic. As long as it's a- award-winning defensive tackle. As long as it makes money need. or it makes money. Jeez, uh, makes what's the word? Val- makes sense value-wise. Makes sense value-wise. It, it would positionally-wise in terms of what you need. Where I would get frustrated is okay. We'll get to round two. And they take a safety. Mm, and yeah. now you're sitting here in round three going, okay, you need to. Like, it's not it's not a joke anymore. Like, <laughs> right. Th- that position is bad. Mm. It's not a talented group of receivers the Bills have. And you're losing guys already. Gabe Davis going to free agency. Trent Shurfield was on a one-year deal. And you also so you can't. you already are at a limited amount of guys that are even on the roster. And you can't really add either in your current cap situation. Like, you can't go out and get Mike Evans or Michael Pittman. Yeah, no, like, oh gosh, no. You can't even get. You're hoping like, a Darnell Mooney on a one year deal, right. maybe. And yeah, you can't even get like the middle crop. You have to go like bargain bin hunting potentially yeah. in free agency. And so, where like I'm coming off as like I'm sounding nervous, and I, and I am a little bit just because I haven't really seen the Bills put a ton of front end capital into the into wide receiver specifically, but also offense really until last year. Mm-hmm. 
it would be it would be malpractice if they didn't. Right. I mean, like that's the thing. It it would be a really stunningly bad move if they didn't, because they just do not have the talent and really even the bodies at that position to warrant not investing heavily in that position. What are we going to do if they draft one in the first round and then none for the rest of the draft? Like, how would you feel? Like, not regardless of who it is. Mm -hmm. Like, how would you feel if it's it's all this talk and and hype of you know we want to go passing we want to focus and, and, on that and, and then they draft the guy in round one Brian Thomas Jr. Troy Franklin you know whoever it whoever is. yeah as long as it as long as it makes sense like value wise again like because that's the main thing at the yeah. end of the first round is not reaching but also not picking someone that's been falling a lot like because then it's like okay well what's going on there mm-hmm. um, but it's like that guy and then all of a sudden it's like all right well defense is the focus for the rest of the way or offensive line is going to be like our fourth round pick and then like we need oh we need like a a punter too so we're going to take him in the sixth round like granted they have 10 picks so like i don't think it i don't think it would go that way but, but i'm just I, really it, curious it, like how it's, it's it's more like a, they take a receiver in the first round and the next guy isn't taken until sixth y- yeah even that but i was more so saying like like i wonder how it would be perceived if it's first round wide receiver and that's it and then there's no other wide receivers. Because, mm. like, you did uh, yeah, do yeah. what you kind of set out to do in the sense of getting an elite talent. But it almost seems right like away. you were forced to do it, like, at the end of um, Buddy Nix's tenure here, where mm-hmm. it was like, he needs to draft a quarterback. Don't really care that the quarterback class is atrocious with, like, guys like Ryan Nasp and EJ Manuel leading the way or Geno yeah. Smith. Right. And he just kind of takes one and that's it. And then just is like, yeah, whatever. I, I just didn't want the fans to revolt. <laughs> it would kind of feel like that similar situation where it's like you had all this talent and it almost feels like you didn't even want to take one, but you mm-hmm. knew you had to, or fans would be, you know, up in arms, pitchforks yeah. and, and, and torches galore. I, I, I could see some fans reacting that way or ha- or having that feeling. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think that would happen. I, I really no. don't. Like with the way they've talked and the way this draft class is set up, I don't think that there'd be anything close to that. That, that's where just, I'm at for me is it's it's too talented of a position in a class that is a drastic need for the Bills. They're a team that needs wide receivers. Have kind of openly said they know they need big plays. They also have an offensive coordinator who, for much of his you know kind of career before even coming to Buffalo, was known as a pass first guy. Mm-hmm. I, I would be really stunned if if they only took one guy. I really really would. I'd be stunned if it was two defensive players in a row, and then if they even have a third round pick. I, I believe that's where it would go for the compensatory. I, I pick. think so. That's what everybody. I think it's the end of the third yeah. round, like ninety nine. I think the the pick would be. But I would be stunned if like if that was the first time they took a receiver. It would because to me it would then just be like, what are we doing here? Unless like you people, have unless people are falling. Like if people well, fall, oh, yeah. Then if, there's if certain people a are different falling, conversation. Sure. But, but, but I don't it, think it, that many people would fall. Yeah, you're not you're not all of a sudden going to get like Roman Wilson. At, I I don't think at least at this point at 99th overall to be your first receiver you take off the board or Lad McConkney. Yeah. I mean remember Carolina has no receivers as well and they have the first pick in the second round. They're taking somebody <laughs> who does fall almost immediately. They're t- they're they're gonna like Carolina here. They're gonna take a first round wide receiver in the second in the second round. They, they, they're Basically they're going to get lucky in the sense of all right cool. Yeah. There's so many guys someone's going to fall who should have been taken in the round one. I, mm-hmm. I think, personally, I wouldn't be surprised if only five guys won the first round. Because of how loaded the position is, teams will go for less loaded uh, positions, mm-hmm. whether it be defensive tackle or they go a cornerback or quarterbacks even. I right. mean, I, I think Michael Penix is somebody that's going to fall into the second round. 
mm-hmm. and you could see somebody you know maybe jumping in from the second round, jumping back into the first to grab him, just in case. Just, well, nah, well, just not- in case they get the fifth year option there. Right. If, if it's a first, if it's a first round quarterback, you'll get the, first, uh, the fifth year option. So I, I could see that as well, and, and and that's where I think it can get a little interesting in how this draft class could go, where we're all expecting seven, eight wide receivers to go, and in the end, only five do because everyone else is like, well, that position is not nearly as talented as that one. We'll wait because we like like nine guys coming up in the next round, and we'll be fine with anyone we take. That's how I could see it playing out. That's where I could see the Bills taking somebody like a Trevondre Sweat out of, out of Texas, like a Cameron Kitchens out of Miami, because they're like, well, it's the best player at their position that we have on our board, and we're down to like the sixth wide receiver. Right. Yeah. But, but we That's like a ton of guys in round two. Well, that goes back to like your, your point earlier with like the EJ Manuel draft. It's like, don't feel forced to take. Which like they like, totally were. Well, yeah. But it's like in this scenario, they. they they can't feel forced to take something that's not the value they value mm-hmm. it at. And if – I don't really know. Like, teams don't usually do this. But if they if they come out and, like, said, like, hey, look, we had guys on our board, but they weren't at the value of where we were, then I I would feel okay with that. But it's it's more so just the fact of, like you said, it's the glaring need. It's the biggest problem. The elephant in the room is – you need more wide receivers. Yeah, I, I think and, that's, that's my thing, and it's, it's almost what's calming me is just like it, it's 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 it is the elephant in the corner of the room. Mm-hmm. It's you can't ignore it. Diggs is now into his 30s. Gabe Davis is going to be a free agent. Your free agent acquisitions did not work out. You know, I like Khalil Shakir. He's a limited wide receiver in what he can do. He's not an outside guy. He's a slot guy. And then you have Dalton Kincaid. Like, don't give me Justin Shorter is all of a sudden going to like be this guy. I get some fans were excited about him. Let's relax. I mean, Shakir, basically, this is no discredit to Isaiah McKenzie because I love Isaiah McKenzie. He's a better version of Isaiah McKenzie. Like, he can catch the ball they, they, better. You mean they can actually play him in the slot? Right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's, exactly. That's, that's what made him his bet. Like, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie was a utility guy. Yep. They tried to make him a legit slot receiver, and they were like, that didn't work at yeah, all. Couldn't catch Shakir's him. like, I can do that. Right, which is great. I, I loved how he developed at the end of the year, but you need, like, that one You need the outside piece. guys. You, you need yeah, somebody that right. can actually develop into Stephon Diggs. And that's the most they've done at wide receiver is trade a first round pick for Diggs, but that also came because they had I think ten targets thrown Duke Williams' way in a playoff game. I mean that's kind of what happened in this last game. I mean Allen had what twenty six completions under two hundred yards passing. You're you're missing big plays. There's something wrong there, and so I hope that be, because they have always seemed to like answer the bell, that they will again. I just until I do see it. There was always going to be a lingering fear. It was the same thing of like running back in the first round for years, where everyone was talking about how oh the Bills could you know, they really need a running back. You know what? Why not Brees Hall? Why not be John Robinson if he's there? Why blah 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 blah. Until the Bills picked, it was always kind of like a are they going to do it? Could they do it? <laughs> it was you know when Bijan went off the board, it was one thing, but like you know Najee Harris that year as well. Yep. It was like until they actively passed on Brees Hall, there was always this kind of feeling of like. They never really had the chance to. If that player's there, are they going to do it? And and that's the thing is like, until like you have that moment where it's like they're not going to do it. There is that fear. It's the same thing with receiver. I I think absolutely they're going to do it if certain guys fall, which they almost definitely will. But then you do sit there and go, will they? They've kind of always favored drafting defense in the in the early rounds. Let's see what happens. The, I mean, the highest receiver that's been taken in the McDermott era, not even just Bean, is Zay Jones in the second round. When Bean's been GM, the highest receiver they've taken has been Gabe Davis. So mm-hmm. it is always interesting. I remember my uh, my wide receiver, or not wide receiver, my running back, and he got picked before the Bills could pick, was Travis Etienne. 
I was oh, so... Oh, Etienne, like, that's another name. I yeah. was watching yeah. him fall, and I'm like, oh my God, there he is. There he's, here we go. He's going to get there. And then, I mean, the Bills got Gregory Rousseau, which is great, but... I still e- remember that, and I was ETM like, ETM was the big name, too. Yeah. Let's go to the phones here. Before we take our next time out, we got Marvin and Tonawanda. Marvin, good morning. How we doing? Marvin, are you there? Marvin is not there. That is a shame. That is a shame. I mean, it's a Friday morning, though, for you. Yeah. That's a Friday morning. I get it. That's okay. That's all right. I'm a little upset now, though. I was like, that's going to be a nice transition to the break. And he, yeah. It's a shame. Well, now you could just, you know. It's a shame. I do want to talk, though. We're going to take our quick time out here. I want to get, Josh, your thoughts real quick. I talked a little bit about it last night in the nightcap, but the big news in Formula One, Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari, I've tried to decide how that would be in other sports. Oh, I, I already I already know. All right, I, I've thought about that I kinda, a little bit. I kind of want to jump into that, so we'll do that after a quick timeout. If you want to join me and Josh, 803-0550 is the number. You're listening to The X Point Show, and this is WGR. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out here on a Friday, filling in here on the Extra Point. So, Josh, you just said something real quick before we came back Yeah, break. so Kevin Weeks tweeted something out a couple minutes ago, and it's got to do with the, the whole international stuff. So he says, quote, this is reading directly, directly from the tweet, I'm told that the NHL and NHLPA players are tracking to participate in the 2026 Winter Olympics in Milan and the 2030 Olympics as well. Of note, likely no NHL All-Star game next year. Okay. And that would be for international competitions? I'd be okay with that. I don't know because it's because the Winter Olympics are in 2026 and next year would be 2025 yeah. when the All-Star game would be. You know what, though? I'm, uh, I'm all for any international events for sports. I'm a huge fan of them always. So if we get more of those, I'm, I'm happy for it. I can't stand when some international competitions have it where you have to have like either amateurs or, or mm-hmm. your professionals can't play because like their league won't stop. It's like soccer in the Olympics. Yeah, it, well, it's my thing too. Like I always think about like you know if here because because this last World Cup had to be in Qatar, so it was happening you know during the winter. I'd have been furious if certain leagues like just refused to stop playing, so like their players couldn't go to the World Cup because like that's that's like. Like the beautiful part of sports is international competitions. Yes. Like when you're 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 there for your country, the whole thing. It's why. Yes, I did an Olympic sport all my life, but that's why I have such a love for the Summer Olympics and the Winter Olympics and all that. I mean, the Summer Olympics is this summer in Paris. I can't wait. I'm ecstatic, and I haven't watched like I haven't sat down and watched swimming in like three years, and I can't wait. <laughs> like it, 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 it's it. There's something about international competitions I absolutely love, and I, yeah, I, I think hockey absolutely should get back to doing I, that. I. I'm with Joe DiBiase wholeheartedly on this. The World Cup of Hockey was amazing. Like, that was hands down one of the best things that ever I didn't like Team Europe and Team North America. Oh, I love Team North America. That was great. You had Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid as rookies on the same team. You were like, it's unfair, but let's do it. It was amazing. And I think Matthews was on that team, too. Mm -hmm. Like, it it was awesome. Team Europe, I'll kind of agree with you on, because you have so much variety there. But at the same time... That's kind of why they did it. You have so much variety where it's like if you had a team Germany and a team Czechoslovakia, you'd have like one or two NHLers and then everybody else. Well, I did see Czechoslovakia. I mean, a conne- I mean, connecting the two countries. Czechia. Oh, that's true. Right. That is it, that's true. It is Czechia now, not. But like, yeah. And that's the thing too is like if you had a team North America and then like all the European countries, you're like, cool. So um, North America wins. Let's see where everyone else places. 
Well, yeah, but like with North America, it was like it was like the rookies. Like there was like everyone like under the age of twenty five. They I think still it was. win. I don't know. I mean, if if, if, if and and we're going off this is like then it's just all the European countries. Well, and well, no, it's not, it's not team as North, Team Europe. It's it Team North just, America, you know. Team USA, Team Canada, Team Europe, and I don't know how they would do Russia because of everything going on there. But yeah, I, I don't well, know how that's that going to be interesting. But but I, I think if in this iteration of World Cup of Hockey, because I think. I think it was Sweden and mm-hmm. North America in the finals last time. Yep. And I think North America won. Okay. I can't remember, but yeah, I think I in thought this... it was Canada and North America. No, it was Canada and Europe. I think. I, I don't know. What was it? I, 2016 was 2016. The last... Yeah. Yeah, I think but... it was Canada and North and uh, Europe. Okay. Well, but this time around, Canada and USA would be the juggernauts because you don't have any of those McDavid, Matthews. Mm-hmm. Those guys wouldn't be on Team North America this time. Eichel, like they would all be on their respective countries, and then you would have the next, you know, group of young yeah. kids coming up. For uh, North the twenty sixteen World Cup of Hockey did finish with Canada beating Team Europe three one. Huh. Carey Price was and that's by how the way for Canada. That's why. <laughs> and that's how uh, uh, the former head coach of the Sabers, I feel like, got a job. Yeah. Ralph <laughs> Kruger was the coach Love of it. Team Europe. Real quick before we do, we take our next time out. I do want to jump in on this on this Lewis Hamilton two Ferrari yes. news. Yeah, sorry uh, about that. Real, yeah. real quick on that. Just it, it, to me, it's amazing because uh, a lot of a lot of the quote unquote it, it, this is what it's called in Formula One silly season when drivers will switch teams and it's it's stunning and all this stuff and and, and backhand <laughs> deals it, and so they they call it silly <laughs> season. I'm like, there are millions of dollars being traded here, people. This is not silly. It's like. At every best, other, at every best, other sport, it's goofy. Every other sport has such cool names for that stuff. Like, like it's like the trade deadline or like the transfer market is open. Yeah, or, and they're like, there's like a three month window where just crazy stuff happens. Guys are just being silly. Yeah, just, it's just dudes just being dudes. Like, <laughs> and that's what it is. But so, so he leaves for Ferrari. There was a clause in his contract that he signed last year. He heads over there after this season. So he'll, this will be his final season in Mercedes. Carlos signs. This will be his final season in Ferrari. Both. Uh, parties talked about that. Carlos Sainz even released a message to Ferrari fans, basically telling them, I'm going to give him my all this year, which is phenomenal. Love Carlos. I was immediately thinking of like what this is in like other sports terms. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. It can't be like prime Patrick Mahomes going over to a great team. That's not what it is. Lewis Hamilton's 39 years old. Right. Or, or whoever. He's in his late 30s. He, his career is cemented. He's only adding to his legs. He really can't hurt it. Mm-hmm. To me, though, we did kind of have this in football. It was Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. Right, but he didn't really go to a rival team. Well, not even just a rival team. He didn't go to really a team with much history. Tampa had a Super Bowl, yes, but Tampa's always kind of just been like an eh team. Mm-hmm. Like they have a Super Bowl win, but they're not. no one really thinks about them too much when they think of the NFL football. To me, it, it came down to, and there's also another important piece here. Yes, they have two drivers, but Carlos Sainz is being taken out for Lewis Hamilton to go in. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was... It would be like if Tom Brady left the Patriots to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Steelers quarterback at the time was Jared Goff. A solid QB can get it done if you got him good weapons and a good OC. He can absolutely get you to an AFC, NFC Championship, a Super Bowl. I mean, he's, he's done that. He's gone to an NFC Championship. He's gone to a Super Bowl with the Rams. Mm. And just being like, all right, gone. Leave. <laughs> and it would also be like if right before the season started, it was announced that it was happening the next year. That, yeah. like, instead of right. a retirement tour, it was, hey, so, like, play for us this year, do as best as you can, and then leave and never come back. 
And to me, that is just, it is mind-boggling. It is, that is an insane thing to do. See, the first thing I thought of when I saw all this stuff was, this in hockey terms, this would be like Sidney Crosby going to the Washington Capitals. Right now. Like Sidney, well, even a couple years ago. A couple like right, years ago. Right, right now, now, Crosby yeah. is like kind of falling off a little bit. But like a couple years ago, he was still like kind of Sidney Crosby. Like yeah. here he is. Wasn't he on that, like a 100-point pace this year? He might be. That's true. He did have he he did have kind of a resurgence this year, but last year he wasn't yeah what he was. But this would be like him going to the Capitals, or yeah. I was even thinking oh, yeah. of he's stuff. At, he's at fifty points right oh, now. Oh boy, uh, just go away. Um, <laughs> but this would also be kind of like I don't know if it'd be this aggressive. This would be like Derek Jeter at the end of his career or near the end of his career going to like Boston. Boston, yeah, something like that. Because I mean, that's the thing too. Like you have to have a team with history. Like Ferrari right. is the most successful constructor in. I think even just auto or motorsports, but definitely. What Formula if it was One. that same example of Jeter leaving the Yankees but going to like L.A.? Would oh, it like the still Dodgers. Work? Yeah, the Dodgers. The, Do- the, the Dodgers, Dodgers have a great. The, the Dodgers would work. Yeah. The Angels would not. The Dodgers would work. I don't Boston think, would work. I, I don't know if Boston would work as much because they're like pitted rivals. Whereas with the Yankees and the Dodgers, it's more so like just there. Yeah. No, I, I, no, I, I can think it could work. Got to take another quick timeout, and coming up in just about a half hour, UB football head coach Pete Lembo will join me and Josh as he takes over the job. Got hired at the end of January, coming back to the MAC. Had a number of seasons at Ball State, including a 10-1 season. We'll hear from him coming up at 11:30. And if you want to join the show, you can do so 803-0550. Me and Josh taking your calls after this timeout. You're listening to the X Point Show. This is WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.